Warning. Anime Out of Context contains spoilers, explicit language, and general tomfoolery. Neither of our hosts are experts on any topic, and you should not take their opinions as such. Listen at your own discretion, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. I'm Sean Rollins. Remington, why aren't you talking to me? I'm Remington Chase, and I am staging a silent protest after our past couple weeks. You already broke that protest. And this is an auditory medium, you fuck! (laughs) I've been hurt deeply, and I want to inform all of our listeners how deep that pain has hurt me so you ruin my intro just to get a good joke in i mean that's just the nature of the podcast yeah all right fair enough you've ruined my life for the sake of humor with the podcast so i figure it's pretty balanced (laughs) aren't you being a little over dramatic remington nah probably not i mean what have i done to you I've shown you some really high-quality, high-tier anime, uh, some shows and stories that could have potentially changed your life, and in a way, have changed your life. Yeah, my life has uh, definitely been changed, especially after the last couple of very etchy-filled weeks that has hurt me deeply. Oh, you didn't seem to hate Food Wars as much as I thought you would. <laughs> I mean, I hated it pretty badly. Uh, not as bad as the week before, but still, that's not a very high bar. I'm hoping, hoping that this week will be a little bit better. And it should be, Remington, because honestly... I kind of gave a bit of a hint last week as to what we were watching. And Uh, for the first time ever, I think I know what you're going to be showing me this week. It would not surprise me in the slightest, Remington, because uh, for those of you who don't know, me and Remington have been to an anime convention together. Yeah, where you surprised me that we were going to be going to an anime convention, Anime Bonsai, and not only that, we would end up hosting a panel there, and that was... Quite the experience, but while we were there, there was one type of cosplay that we saw more than any other. That is correct, and you've probably guessed it, but that's the show we're doing, Remington. Do you remember anything about the show, about the name of the show at all? Uh, I remember that it is Sky High for Weebs. Very relevant reference by now, probably. Is Sky High your favorite anime? Uh, Obviously, Sean. (laughs) Uh, No, let's see. It's like My Hero Academia or something. Spot on, man. Oh, I'm nailing it this week. The anime we're talking about this week is My Hero Academia. And like you said, Remington, it is basically Sky High the anime if Sky High was actually a good show. (laughs) Do not insult my Western media that way, Sean. But the thing is, Remington, this show is actually kind of a love letter to Western media. Specifically, Western superheroes. I'll be honest, Sean. You hate superheroes. Yeah, superhero movies and television, they're sort of just really action-packed sports movies in that they often follow a formula to a T without too much change, which isn't to say that they're all the same, but most of them are pretty darn similar. 
So basically what you're saying is all Marvel and DC fanboys should be coming to your home and killing you and putting you on a stake. Basically, as has become increasingly clear on the podcast, if you're a part of the fandom, then you probably disagree with me. (laughs) (laughs) But you're broadening your horizons, Remington. Not only do you have a strong distaste for most anime, you're also broadening into Western superhero movies. I can have a distaste for just about everything, Sean. And that's why nobody loves you. Got that right. But self-deprecation aside, Remington, today we're talking about My Hero Academia, or the Japanese title, if you prefer, is Boku no Hero Academia. Nah. You just want my? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot more American. <laughs> <laughs> and for once, you'd be right, because My Hero Academia is probably... Tied for one of the best superhero anime of all time. It is possibly one of the anime that I have seen the most around without ever perusing any specifically anime-type media. I have seen a lot of references to My Hero Academia just about everywhere you look. You're going to get a glimpse of it at very least. So I don't know much about it, but I do know that it exists. I do know that it has superheroes. And I know that there's one character with red and white hair, which I assume to be the main character. You would actually be incorrect. Oh, okay. So they're just one of the, so all of them get wacky hair. Maybe their own little color scheme going on. In a weird way, yes, but in a weird way, no. All right. It depends. So the world of Hero Academia is an interesting one, to say the least, uh, because it's actually quite a fun concept, because, Remington, you know one of my favorite Pixar movies is? Which one would that be? The Incredibles. A great movie. Honestly, it's probably my favorite Pixar movie of all time, and probably the best one they've ever done. Uh, but again, that's my opinion, and apparently people think I'm wrong sometimes. <laughs> oh well. It's not like I'm putting this on the internet or anything. <laughs> no worries. And... What I love about The Incredibles is the villain in that movie. Not because the villain himself is a charming, clever person, but what he's striving to do. Yeah, the good old, if everyone is a hero, then no one is mentality. Exactly, because it's a, it's a very understandable superhero-focused scenario. Like, what if you want to be the greatest hero in the world, but you don't really have powers to show for it? What do you do? You cry yourself to sleep in your inadequacy. That's what I do, personally. (laughs) Actually, out of curiosity, Remington, have you ever had a superhero that you've just admired, whether it was for their ideals, their powers, or just how cool they were? Uh, You know, this is a question I've thought about a lot, especially in the realm of if I could be any superhero. Uh, And no, I don't want to be any of them. (laughs) Nope. Why not? I don't, I like the human experience. I don't feel the need to be essentially other or different from any other person. I want the same qualities, but of my own unique magnitudes to each. So you want to be Batman, is what you're saying. Yeah, Batman I would totally take. Just give me money. Fantastic. Brilliant. <laughs> that is a superpower I will take any day of the week. All right, I'm just going to have to go and kill your parents real quick. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I mean, frankly, Sean, <laughs> not going to be an issue. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like, you're kind of the exception to this because I myself, and I can imagine many, many other people have always wanted or at least thought about the idea of being a superhero to some extent. You know, whether you saw one of those old school 
cartoon shows. Like, the original Batman animated series, for example, was a fantastic show that, you know, it was like, man, how cool would it be to be like Batman? Until you realize he's a, a depressive, deep-seated, emotionally-issued, brooding sociopath in a lot of ways. I feel attacked. <laughs> Funnily enough, yeah, that does kind of fit you, too, a little bit. Hmm. Might have something to do with all the lolly anime I've shown you. Oof. Or maybe you watch the original Justice League animated series. You know, the fun, zany adventures of, uh, oh god, what were they? The Wonder Twins? Do you remember the Wonder oh Twins god. at all? I, I, I do, yes. Uh, but the, the issue with all of them, for me, has always been it often ends up feeling the same. And I feel like when superhero media is at its best... Then it's captivating, it's unique. It's similar to, for example, the zombie apocalypse genre, where we have seen a billion of the exact same thing with the zombie apocalypse genre. But there's occasionally times where people will come in and they'll shake it up, where they will really look into the implications of everything. And that's always when it's more fascinating, when they take a deeper look or when they take a more novel glance, rather than what more often happens, it is the same old formula that has been proven to be marketable. So what you're saying is The Walking Dead before it got horrible. Got that right, Sean. Yeah, no, trust me, it, it's not worth watching past the first season. <laughs> That's a fair criticism to make. Loads of people are going to disagree with you, and partially me, because I love superheroes. The idea of people that are just a little bit more powerful and what they decide to do with that power, that moral dilemma, is a fa fascinating one to me. But the moral dilemma is so often posed as either one-dimensional or the same moral dilemma every other one is going through, when it's done well, sure, it's great, but it's rarely done well. Instead, we get the hyper-marketing versions of everything, and then it just starts to feel like Gundam, where it's more for money than anything else. Oof. Wow. <laughs> that was a targeted attack on two fronts. Like, Jesus, man, how do you do it? I'm heavily embedded in nerd culture, and yet I'm usually not a fan of many things in it. <laughs> Man, oh man, I cannot wait for the day that you meet a lot of people who listen to our podcast and they just string you from the rafters, man. <laughs> I'm the Jean-Jacques Rousseau of nerd culture. That's where I would place myself. Oof, that's a deep-seated reference that most people won't get. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. Let's actually talk about Hero Aka a little bit more, because Remington, Hero Aka is what it sounds like. That's the short way to say it, you know? Hero Aka. Yeah, Hero Academia or Hero Oof. Aka. What? What would you prefer? Just the long version every time? I, I would think, like, maybe my hero would be better. But, but in the same way, it's like, oh, I love watching my hero. Then it's like, well, who's your hero? I love watching Hero Aka. <laughs> it just doesn't have a good rigging to it. But when you say, <laughs> when you say anything like that, it sounds bad, you jackass. Continue, Sean. Hero Aka is a... a story like you would have expect it's a story about the main character going to a high school attempting to become a superhero which you know sky high do they learn how to become a hero and already have superpowers or do they learn to get superpowers uh actually that's what makes this interesting remington oh because at the beginning our main character does not have superpowers Ooh, okay okay mm -hmm. interested so allow me to set up the world for you a little bit. In this world, 
at one point there was a baby born in China, and that right. baby happened to be, you know, bioluminescent. Bio? They were just a glowing baby? Yep. Okay. But like intensely glowing, like if you know a meteor was to crash down to Earth and it was just glowing from the heat of the atmosphere, that kind of glowing. Uh, oh, okay. Ever since that baby was born, more and more people were born with strange abilities and powers called quirks. Okay, so they got a superpower virus going through the nation. Basically. And nobody is really certain where this uh, came from or why it started. But at this point in the story, several generations have passed, and more than 80% of the world's population has some kind of ability, whether it's a quirk, a superpower, or just a strange form. As oh, wow, okay, that's a lot. That, yeah. I assume at least five generations must have passed at this point. I didn't look into the exact numbers, but I know at least five has to have passed. Okay. And so because there are so many people with these quirks, uh, which is what they're called. They're called quirks because, you know, they're not superpowers. That would be too straightforward, too passe. As a comparison to the zombie apocalypse genre, I'm left wondering, why not just call them zombies? Or in this analogy, why not just call them superpowers? We all get it. There are some repercussions of using the word superpowers, uh, or superheroes in general is a kind of a hard th thing to say, so they just call them heroes in this show. And that's what this show is. It's this world where the idea of being a superhero can come true, and that's what most people dream to be. Is there any training for, like, supervillains? No, of course not. That would be illegal. Well, I mean, is there any illegal training for supervillains? I'm sure there is. Hypothetically, if... If a man, uh, a young man, maybe in his early 20s, was interested in using certain powers that he had or was interested in acquiring for villainous purposes, where would he go in this world? He'd have to figure it out for himself or find some kind of secret underground institution. Okay, so dark web. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I do not even want to fathom what the dark web of this universe looks like. But I'm left wondering, so you have a ton of heroes that presumably if they're being trained to be heroes, they're being trained for very benign purposes. So they should be able to fix so many of the world's problems. And they do in a lot of ways. But the you're thinking that everybody in the world is going to be a superhero. That's just not the case. Because while you have thousands upon thousands of people with really amazing, incredible quirks, you're also going to have people that their quirk might just be being able to take their eyeballs out of their head. Or they might be able to not sweat as much. Or they might have an extra bone in their foot. Oh, okay. So there's just as much useless quirks as there are actual powerful useful quirks oh man circus sideshow freak shows have just gone out of business in this world there are no circuses left in the entire <laughs> world because it's like oh man you were born with a really weird trait uh probably just one of those super quirks are going around exactly because the first thing you'll notice when you watch this show is everybody looks a little fucking off for the most part okay because the, sometimes you'll have people with like weird horns popping out of their heads or they might be a bit taller than average, they might have some weird fingernails, or they might just literally be a ball of slime. All right, so you got a bunch of weirdos and Rimaru, and... <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the world. What are the people? Well, the people... Especially the ones we're talking about. 
the people we're talking about are the students of a superhero academy. More specifically, though, our main hero, um, Izuku Midoriya. Oh, right. Izuku Midoriya. You can just call him Deku. Oh, but of course. <laughs> it's his uh, nickname he gets in the show, which starts off as being derogatory because the word Deku can kind of akin mean useless. Oh, <laughs> well, screw you, bucko. <laughs> yeah, but eventually he kind of flips it around because another sa- similar sounding phrase to Deku that involves the word Deku, I should say, is uh, do your best in a lot, lot of ways. Aw, how inspirational. A little bit, yeah. So it eventually becomes kind of his namesake in a lot of ways. And, he, you know, less hurtful, more take pride in what you're called type of thing. Is he the one with dark green hair? That is correct. Okay, those are the only two hairstyles I remember. Those are easily the two most popular characters as well. Okay. Uh, because, well, one of them is, you know, the main character who's just an all-around good boy. But of course, so that means that red-white hair is going to be sort of that darker, edgier, mildly asshole-that-everyone-loves type character. A little bit, yes. Uh, but he's more of like a cool, a cool, distant asshole, as opposed to the other biggest asshole in the group, who is literally just an asshole. Oh, okay. You have multiple assholes in the group. Yeah, so many assholes. Uh, and honestly, when you first see the first asshole of this group, I don't know if you're going to love him or hate him, because he's just an uh, insufferable prick, and most people hate his guts until about halfway through the second season where they decide, you know what, he's not that bad. He's starting to actually have character growth. You know what? This reminds me of a very familiar asshole story that I have, of which I have many, frankly. But I'm reminded of when I first watched Stranger Things. Okay. And, of course, there's one main asshole in that show as well. Right. Who is amazing in the first season. He's the only good character in the first season because he's the only one with good motivations. But nobody saw that until the second season when he becomes everyone's mom. So if he's like them, I'll love him. (laughs) (laughs) He's more of a... I mean, the first thing out of his mouth is telling him to kill uh, himself. I mean, that's not that big of an issue. Uh, Ooh. Well. (laughs) Yeah. He starts off at the bottom, let's say. All right, so we got asshole, other asshole, main character. I'm going to guess there's going to be five or six. There's actually about ten main characters oh, in this Oh, Jesus. Show. Oh, wait, no, not ten. Twenty, excuse me. What the fuck? <laughs> well, because the show is kind of about uh, Midoriya's class, as you will. They're not all as prominent as, you know, the ones we've talked about, but they're pretty important. But let me get back on track. So we start with our good-natured boy, Izuku Midoriya, or Deku. I'm just going to call him Deku because it flows off the tongue easier and I'm not Japanese. So, All right, so Deku, he's just a, a good old boy. He's a good old lad. And yes. he wants to become a hero even though he's completely useless? Basically, the way the story starts out, it starts out with him narrating the beginning. Oh, but of course, we gotta you know, get our exposition done. Yes, every good superhero movie has an exorbitant amount of narration, right, Remington? Of course! <laughs> but in this case, it's pretty passable because it's not very long. It just basically is him describing the world like I just did to you, and then describing himself a little bit, and talking about his dreams and aspirations. It starts off with him as a young child in kindergarten, because... In this world, everybody gets their quirk by about age four or six, you know, right when they get into kindergarten. 
All right, so we're going to get some bullshit Black Clover crap where it's like everyone else has gotten their quirk. He hasn't gotten a quirk, and it's like, oh, maybe you're just a late bloomer. But it turns out he just doesn't have any qualities at all until maybe we'll pull an attack on Titan and just have a random OP superpower real late in the game pop up out of nowhere. Actually, no. Oh, thank God. No, and that, you were kind of leading it into the sky high route again. I do remember that plot of that movie <laughs> as well, because how could I forget? Because, I mean, who wouldn't want to go to a school for superheroes? But that's besides the point. Um, it starts off with him excited, looking forward to getting his superpower, as every kid would. Like, come on. Obviously. How, like, how could you not be excited for whatever power you get? And the way powers work in this is it's interesting. It's They have a... It's very biology-based in a lot of ways, uh, as in, like, two parents with uh, similar powers, they get together, and their kid might have a stronger power, or they might not. It's very uh, dominant recessive gene type thing, very Punnett Square-based, which I like a bit, even if some of the powers don't make sense from a biological standpoint. But that's fine. Suspension of disbelief. After we are introduced to Deku, we get to an idea of how excited he is to get a superpower. And the reason he's excited is much like many kids in his generation, is he has seen the activities of the world's number one superhero. The strongest superhero who is considered a symbol of peace in their world. Like, his very presence alone has kind of curbed villain activity to an extent. Ah, one punch man. Haha, <laughs> you're not far off, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, his name is All Might. Oh, Jesus. And he is exactly what you would imagine an American superhero from the perspective of a Japanese author would look like. Oh, God. <laughs> How do you think he looks? Uh, he's just absolutely ripped. Okay. Uh, basically, just imagine a very well-defined Mr. Incredible, and that's what I have. In my mind, if Mr. Incredible and Superman had a love child, that is the finished product that I bestow unto you. You are half right. Oh? I will explain how half right you are after you watch the show. Or okay. rather, you'll understand. Okay. But Oh, is it gonna be a woman? What a twist if it's a woman! It's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of very powerful women superheroes in this show and in this universe but we're not going to talk about them quite yet because the professional heroes don't really matter what we care about are the students in this show and some of the other professionals that are actually teaching them so he sees all might and he's super inspired by this heroic guy exactly because all might is the hero everybody aspires to be because he always saves people with a smile and is always there to comfort them and will defeat any enemy he comes across. And his catchphrase, believe it or not, is, it's going to be okay because I am here. Oh, okay, wow. I feel like All Might is going to be an asshole. Whether it's canonical or not, I feel like he's going to be an asshole. Honestly, not really. Most people love All Might to death. I don't know, man. I'm skeptical. Well, we'll have to see. And All Might... Of course, being the hero that he is, everyone looks up to him. Deku is excited. He's thrilled. He is just about the age to get a quirk. So he goes to the doctors to see how things are going on. Uh-oh. Turns out he doesn't have a quirk. You know why? Why? Because most of the people uh, with quirks are missing a specific bone in their foot, and uh, he happens to have it. Uh, 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 oh. Yeah, like a, a useless part of the joint bone that's not really too necessary. 
Uh, okay. And that just confirms that he does not have a quirk. What? Look, it's a, it's convoluted. I get that. Let's just say that there is a scientific, hard, concrete way to say he doesn't have a quirk. Sucks to suck. You should give up on being uh, a hero. Okay, they just needed something where they could be confident. So in a way, they didn't have the Black Clover ambiguity situation. Yeah, they wanted to make sure you knew that he did not have a quirk, and he's not just going to spontaneously develop one halfway through the story. <clears throat> Sky high. <laughs> I will say I'm suspicious of bullshit plot shenanigans, but that's mostly because it's anime. My biggest concern with My Hero Academia is... Not even a specific one, but a very general one, Sean. What's your biggest concern, Remington? My worry is that the reason why it is so beloved, so talked about, so well-known, just like so many other things, and I've talked about this issue before, is not because of the quality of the characters, the relationships, the story, but rather because of the strength and immersion of the concept. It's that same effect of, what if I was there? It's the same reason, for example, that Hunger Games or Twilight became very popular. Oof. Not because they were great, but because people liked to imagine what they would be like in that situation. Or even to a certain extent, something like our favorite anime, Harry Potter. <laughs> it was both good, however, it was extremely more popularized because it was immersive and an interesting idea. I'm concerned that we are not going to see that quality. Rather, we're just going to get an idea that a lot of people like to put themselves into. Honestly, Remington, you're not completely wrong. There is that certain idea of what if we were in this world with superpowers? What would my quirk be? Could I even participate in the hero activities? But at the same time, people watch the show for the characters and the growth and the development and some of the action. Believe it or not, Remington, a lot of the action in this show can be considered as pretty straightforward, honestly. Like, not too complicated, but at the same time, it's so well animated and so straightforward, and the ideals and motivations behind them are what drive the show much more than the fighting itself, that people are enamored by the show. They're drawn into it. They're excited. They want to see what happens next. They're excited to see how uh, Deku grows and how his classmates grow and how their relationships enhance each other. And all kinds of different things. Okay, I'm going to go into this trying to be optimistic, considering I know how beloved it is, and I know how much our listeners really, on average, love this show. And I'm going to say this right from the get-go to kind of give you some kind of more hope, let's say. Give you an idea of what the show's going to be like to start with, because I haven't really given you too much plot-specific stuff, but this is where it's going to be. First of all, we get told from the get-go if you don't have a superpower you can't really be a hero in this universe straight up okay i will also say deku will get a power mm. it's not much of a spoiler but it is something that'll happen the other big thing that might interest you this is done by one of my favorite anime studios oh let it be a good one it's one we haven't talked about but we have seen anime for uh, oh, okay. The studio is known as Studio Bones. Okay, good old Bones. You know what they made? What? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Hey, there's hope. The only good shonen. There is <laughs> hope in this world. 
the thing that the thing that Studio Bones does amazingly is their shonen, but more specifically, their animations are fucking gorgeous. The sakuga they use to emphasize every punch that lands in a dramatic situation, or rather the flames and ice that can occasionally show up, or the energy, it, it's just the most beautifully animated stuff as of recently. And, oh my god, I just love watching anything by them, even if a lot of their stuff occasionally just flat-out bombs, even if it is just pretty to look at. Alright, I'm optimistic, I'm ready, I'm confident, until all my dreams are crushed. One more thing before we jump in, Remington. One thing that might boost your confidence, but might also tank it. It depends. Ah, uh, uh, shit, is there a sister? There's no sisters, Oh, no. thank god! <laughs> this show is often compared to another modern shonen saying that they are both part of the same coin, but what one does incredibly right, being Hero Academia, the other one does things absolutely atrociously and horribly. Black Clover. Oh! Okay! Okay! So, so basically what I'm, oh. what I'm saying is, for modern shonen, because these both came out about the same time, This uh, My Hero Academia came out at the end of 2016, Black Clover started mid-2017. All right, well, it can't be worse than Black Clover. It cannot. In fact, people will always use these two anime to highlight what is wrong with uh, shonen anime and what is going right with shonen anime. Specifically, ha what Hero Aka does amazingly well with a lot of the same tropes and really good character development, and what Black Clover does horribly, horribly wrong and should never ever do again. Yes, I know there are still fans of Black Clover out there. I've talked to a few already, and I'm sorry, but it's going to take more than 30 episodes to get into it. Not worth it. Um, but... Honestly, Remington, I hope, 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 hope you love this one, because if you don't, we might actually get murdered for this one. This is one of the replacement anime for the big three of shonen anime right now. Wow. People are considering this one of the new big three, which, fair, but also, oh my god, that's a big statement to say, considering, you know, one of them still hasn't ended and the other one has a sequel, which they also consider in the big three, and then the third one is Black Clover, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, no, trust me, it's quite a hodgepodge. But that being said, Remington, let's get into it. Let's go watch some My Hero Academia. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after consuming the entire first season of Boku no Hero Academia. Remington, you're alive. How does it feel? Well, you surprised me with the Sean Bullshit rule, which for the uninitiated, once for every set of ten episodes, Sean has the ability to, instead of watching three to five episodes, watch as many as he pleases. And this time he decided to use it to watch the entire first season of My Hero Academia, and it was it was an adventure, Sean. It was a journey. I thought it might be, honestly, and that was really what I was going for. I didn't tell you in the first half because I figured it would terrify you and have you dreading what was coming next. But I honestly really enjoy the show, and so do many other people. In fact, this is our most requested episode ever. Like, by far. That does not surprise me, considering how well-known it is and how even I sort of knew of it in my periphery. So, uh, who recommended it to us, Sean? Uh, well, bear with me, because it's not only just these people, but several other people in person, 
and over Twitter and over uh, just the Podbean comments itself. So if I leave your name out, I am very sorry, but there were just so many. Uh, so without further ado, thank you, Micah, Christine, Taylor, AJ, uh, Acabarera336, <laughs> uh, Traffy, Tori, Austin, Chelsea, uh, person who I can't pronounce name. <laughs> You know who you are. You know, if you got a complicated name and suggested this anime, it's you. <laughs> uh, Changeling Rider and Ellen. Oh, man, that is quite a list. I hope not to disappoint them. I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one constant in the podcast. Regardless of how I feel about it, they will be disappointed. Yeah, regardless of how many positive emails we get and how often we joke about negative feedback that we constantly get, we don't get too terribly much. But most of the time, it's just, Remington, why are you so wrong? <laughs> yeah, there's uh, quite a few of those, including a delightful uh, ranked list of opinions that I am most wrong about sent by Samuel, which I adore. It was fantastic. And we'll end up seeing if this is going to go on that list. Hopefully not, because quite frankly, man, I'm scared for my life a little bit more than even the Cowboy Bebop episode. Whereas Cowboy Bebop is touted as one of the greatest classics in anime, this is new territory for us because this is one of the most popular new anime on the market. I say new, it started in 2016, but it's still ongoing and the fourth season is coming out later this year and I am hyped as hell for it. But that's because I'm shonen trash and I love my over-the-top shonen nonsense. But regardless, so is everybody else, apparently. The real question is, Remington, how are you feeling about it? My feelings are interesting, Sean. That scares me, Remington. <laughs> that good old scary word, interesting. Because my feelings heavily evolved as we went into watching this show. And so I would like to give you a brief overview of how I felt throughout watching the entire first season. Okay, this could be either really positive, really negative, or oh my god, it could be the last thing we ever do on the internet. <laughs> uh, maybe. So at the beginning, right, as we were going into watching it, I talked about how I was tentatively optimistic about how it would be how I thought that it might be quite good, but I also expressed a concern that there was a possibility that one of the reasons it is so popular is more due to its concept and its world rather than its quality, plot, or characters. So I was going into it with optimism, but caution. That was step one, John. Okay, that's a fair step to have, especially and considering your history. Of course. And then we started watching it, and I wasn't quite sure how I felt about it for the first two episodes, per se, because it had amazing details with all of the different characters in the background, all of the, the, all of the different quirks being exhibited, all of the different superpowers. You could tell they really had a great attention to detail with this show. And even further, there were a lot of interesting bits where it wasn't your standard shown in stereotypes where it it was quite interesting novel and groundbreaking right from the get-go this is good this is good i'm liking where this is going how but, are you gonna crush me well the reason that i wasn't dead set on it was because i still wasn't sure 
how to feel because even though there were some elements that were very novel there was also a whole lot that was very very cliche and that includes our main character Deku in fact our main character is wildly one-dimensional from the beginning including his main rivalry with a school bully and everyone just bullying him and from the beginning it's just nice little whiny Deku and mean everybody else and that's about all you get at the very start i will agree with that we are seeing both of those characters at their literal lowest points in terms of uh, growing up as people which is fair to say because let's be real who was a proper human in junior high and so my first thoughts were conflicted because it had good elements but at the same time from the characters i wasn't getting a lot and the story wasn't quite going anywhere specific. It felt like it lacked direction and purpose besides Deku wanting to be a superhero. And so then as things continue on, we have the main character meet his idol, All Might, which is basically just Superman, the epitome of Superman. He is Superman Ouch. without a lot of the powers. I mean, he has a bit more personality but when it comes to his powers his powers are the most bog standard his powers are shonen he has the superpower of shonen <laughs> you know you're not too wrong but i would argue that he has 10 times as much personality as superman and i may not go that far but i would say he has more especially as time goes on initially it doesn't quite seem that way but I thought that as it grew and developed, I thought that they made a few turns that I wasn't super interested in, especially because as time went on, it became so wildly predictable. And so I started to actively dislike the show because, Sean, you were watching it with me. There were so many times where I would make a prediction and it would be exactly correct. That didn't just happen a handful of times. That happened at least a dozen and a half times as we watched the first season. That is true, but is that such a bad thing? It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it shows how little it's bringing when it can't surprise you. If it can't surprise you, then I've already seen this story plenty of times. Why do I need to see it again? If I already can write up the paper on it without seeing it, then why should I? see it and it can be about the journey rather than the destination but once again if the journey is wildly predictable then it's still not that great of a journey to go on you can have predictable elements but when so much is it is of detriment to the overall quality of the show i can understand and respect that but i would say that there are a lot of subtle things in the show that can and will surprise you in the future uh, the first season is your typical shonen first season, Remington. Like, that is clear-cut, uh, from the get-go. Which is why the show is so often compared to Black Clover, which is arguably one of the worst shonen on the market right now, but has about the same popularity to an extent. I wouldn't say quite the same, because more people realize that Black Clover is kind of a heaping pile of garbage. Yeah. Uh, but at the same, uh, at the same time, they're two anime of the same coin as it were. Of course, and as my feelings developed, they started developing even further into that negative territory, especially 
how it seemed to focus centrally on Deku, ignoring everybody else in the process for hours on end. It was just the Deku show, and unfortunately, Deku just doesn't have a strong enough personality at this stage to carry the show. Meanwhile, the second most important character is equally one-dimensional, just in the opposite way. He's just an asshole, and that's all he is. He becomes a parody of a character which provides no insight or intrigue. So with how predictable and also one-dimensional it was, I started to worry that it was going to be as I feared, it was just going to be an interesting idea in an interesting world with little to no substance. Oof, I am terrified, Remington. I feel the angry people knocking on our door. They have the pitchforks, they have the guns, they have everything. Oh man, I, I didn't think I was going to die this young, man. And so as it continues, it shows interesting potential moments, such as a really nice heroes versus villains teaming up thing that I believe it totally squandered and rushed, and it didn't develop the characters the way that it could have. In fact, so many of the characters just don't get developed at all, and most of them are not developed enough. But then at the very very end from episode 11 to 13 i would say that it is overall good and worthwhile because a shift happens oh. from 11 to 13 oh thank fuck i was so worried i was writing my last will and testament i was gonna leave everything to dylan now he d gets none of my shit i get to live <laughs> things are going great everything is coming up rollins i cannot believe this what makes you think it's a good show now then, Remington? Well, I'm still not completely sold on it being a good show, just that it got to be good. Uh, and it was only for the last three episodes. And the thing that really changed it was that it started to give a shit about everybody else, who is frankly far more interesting than the two that it had been focusing on the entire time, who I just don't give a shit about. Deku, he's not the worst bland bitch protagonist that's ever, that ever was, but he definitely falls into that category strongly, at very least for most of the first season. He is pretty bland. He's a whiny, crybaby, nice guy who wants to be a hero. And meanwhile, his rival is just an asshole. But then when you start focusing on other characters, when we actually see relationships form, which we saw almost none of for those first 10 episodes, then you get into interesting sequences. You actually get interesting combat sequences that have awesome combos that I really like to, to see. And you actually got a bit of nuance in the characters and villains interacting with another. There were sincere stakes that actually mattered. And it still suffered from some of the same problems, such as it being a bit too predictable at times. And it still suffered from similar problems when it came to some of the decisions story-wise that they made. But from 11 to 13, it's actually pretty decent. And so, before we delve even further into it, Sean, I have a thesis statement that, that I would like to declare. A thesis? Okay. I did not realize we were going back to college, but that's fine. <laughs> I mean, oof, I, I, don't, I don't even have any of my books prepared. Should I be taking notes? Uh, no, fortunately, this one is an open book because my thesis is twofold. Okay. 
One for our listeners and one for the idealists. For our listeners, if you have not seen My Hero Academia somehow, I would sincerely say skip the first nine episodes. Trust me, they will recap it enough. You will understand. You will not be confused. They will flashback enough. What you miss out is not terribly worthwhile or interesting. And from that point on, you will only see the build-up to the interesting stuff. Now, my message to the idealists. My claim would be that in an ideal world, we wouldn't get 13 episodes of season one. We would just get one nice condensed movie of everything that happened in season one. Because I sincerely believe that you could put everything into a movie and it would be of a better quality and it would make sense why you didn't explore every character nearly as deeply as they should have because frankly, they really, really should have. I still hardly know anything about any of the side characters and I spent six and a half hours with all of the characters, which I don't find very excusable. And so if this was a movie, Following the same plot, especially focusing on the latter half, it would be so much better. So Sky High is your thesis. Yes, it is, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Honestly, that's not a bad statement or thesis, Remington. Although I will make one adjustment to it. I have said many times, like I will say again and again and again and again, but this is the same problem that can be solved as Food Wars. Just read the manga for that first bit. You'll get done in an hour, and then you'll be caught up, and you can jump straight into the anime. Yeah, I genuinely think that just most of the first season, frankly, is a bit of a waste, because you don't get a lot of character development. You don't get hardly any relationship development until the very end, besides between maybe Deku and All Might, and that's the only relationship you see you could argue that you have deku and the bully right deku and the asshole do you actually remember his name at all i don't give a shit about him his name is literally explosion oh yeah japanese explosion boy bakugo good old bakugo good old bakugan and oh. so Bak <laughs> <laughs> and oh, bakugan God. and deku their relationship is just flashbacks showing their exact same relationship now. I refuse to wa make a Bakugan episode. Just side note there. <laughs> We're not doing it. You can't make Please, me. Please, listeners, flood us with recommendations for Bakugan. <laughs> Literally the worst Beyblade Yu-Gi-Oh! cash grab anime ever. We need a new most recommended anime, and I recommend Bakugan. <laughs> Fuck me. So that would be my primary thesis. But now that I've gotten this rant about my evolution of feelings towards the show, I turn the time over to you to lead the rest of the discussion. I mean, with that opening, I'm actually excited. I was genuinely terrified, Remington, because we've gone in-depth to a lot of really popular high-fidelity shows, uh, some of which are touted as the best anime of all time to some people, and everybody's favorite anime is usually included in those lists. So I was genuinely terrified you were going to find so much wrong with this show to the point where you were like, I'm in the abyss, this is one of the worst shows you've ever shown me, I cannot believe it's as popular as it is, it's just like Black Clover. 
I was afraid it was going to go down that route, and I'm sure you have some comparisons that you're going to make. But can I just say thank you for not, you know, signing our death warrants for once? <laughs> you're very welcome, Sean. And I would never I would never compare it to Black Clover, though in my notes, I did put it as halfway between One Punch Man and Sword Art Online. Oof! And so, granted, that was around episode, like, seven or eight. Things got better, but things were not looking great. Yeah, because so what if I told you, Remington, as far as superhero anime go... And when I say superhero anime, I'm not talking about every single shonen anime ever. Because if you think about it, most shonen anime could be classified as a superhero anime. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I say superhero anime, I'm referring specifically to Western-style superheroes. Mm -hmm. There are really only two super big ones that are kind of the anime's love letter to um, the superhero genre here in the West. Uh, and those are One Punch Man and My Hero Academia. Which I think my overall argument for both of them are at least right now my hero academia seems like it might actually be good one punch man it seemed pretty good though i'm not sure how interested i am how interested i am in seeing either of them right now because both of them i still have pretty mixed feelings despite recognizing the obvious merits i guess that means we'll have to come back to them at some point then right maybe sean maybe because if you're undecided the only way for you to decide certainly is to watch more remington i suppose so sean but uh while they are the two most popular uh, superhero anime out there. They're also two very different shows, wouldn't you say? Oh, wildly so. One thing that kept coming to mind was that in a weird way, this My Hero Academia is if you take One Punch Man and multiply it by fairy tale, which I feel like is actually a very apt comparison when those are blended together because you got those superpowers and you also have the mild tongue-in-cheek, though not nearly to the degree as One Punch Man. Meanwhile, you also have that fairy tale flavor, that very commercialized shonen flavor in a group with lots of different characters, with lots of different abilities and specialties. You know what this anime is really more like, though, Remington? What would that be? I would say if you combine One Punch Man with Harry Potter. Hey! <laughs> the anime of the podcast itself. Well, think about it, Remington. What is My Hero Academia? It is a show about a bunch of students going to school to learn how to be good superheroes. Just swap the word superheroes with magic or wizards, and what have you got? A f interesting world where uh, young, impressionable characters are learning how to be the best in their field uh, with that escapist mentality. There were so many times where I wanted to bring up Harry Potter in the first half of the podcast, and I was able to resist it. But of course, we have to do it, because Harry Potter is, in fact, our favorite anime. It is. And the hilarious thing is, Remington, Harry Potter-style anime have been coming out ever since Harry Potter came out. Oh, man, that's a weird thought to have. But back to My Hero Academia, how would you like to delve even further into it, Sean? Well, primarily the show is considered an ensemble-driven show, a character-driven show. Though your points are very valid in that the first two arguably main rival characters don't have much going for them, I would say that they both have a good chunk of character development in the first season. Maybe not as much as you would like, but when you compare episode 1 um, Deku to episode 13 Deku, they seem like vastly different characters in a lot of respects. 
I mean, yes, at the core, there is still that same geeky, awkward boy who is the biggest uh, fanboy of superheroes ever, which is kind of an interesting concept. It's yeah, it's like uh, if you and I were extreme fans of modern pop culture things, like the the Kardashians or whatever they're called. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention to that stuff, but I, I assume it's kind of the equivalent with the sidebar yeah, of yeah, of course, Sean. his heroes are actually good people and heroes. All right, so are we opening up the can of worms on Deku first? Is that who we're starting with? I mean, it's the one you have the most experience on, and I feel like we should get into a discussion about him from the get-go, because Remington, people list Deku as in their top three characters in the show throughout the majority of its runtime. Like, at the very beginning in the first season, the first popularity poll, he was kind of like number three or four, I believe. Uh, because I don't know if you know this, Remington, but in uh, Weekly Shonen Jump, you know, the big shonen anime magazine from Japan, uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at a shonen jump before, or if you've ever ha. even seen one in person, but it's basically just a really thick magazine with a single chapter of a manga that is released week to week to week. It's usually the quickest and uh, most reliable way to get a new chapter of a manga of an ongoing series. Uh, but frequently in these... Um, chapters, and sometimes they'll even put them in the released printed copies of the manga itself, they will show a character ranking, which is a very popular thing to do. Uh, there'll be an opportunity for fans to vote for who they think is their favorite character, and based on the votes, they are ranked in order of favorite to least favorite to, you know, worst hated type of thing. Uh, and before you ask, yes, Mineta is at the bottom of those lists almost all the time. Oh, thank you. God, we'll get to him. Except for those few people who are like, I think he's an asshole, but wouldn't it be great if I voted for him? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to him. But starting with Deku, this is going to be a mild ramp, certainly more than I have for almost any other character, so strap in. Which is why we should get it out of the way first things first. So we have Izuku Midoriya, or Deku as we like to call him, because his Deku means you can do it. So, Deku, you say that he has a lot of character growth, and I don't even think that's necessarily... I don't even think that's necessarily true, because he has power growth, sure, he becomes stronger, sure, he maybe even becomes a bit more disciplined, which is an element of character, but overall, he's still the desperate hero, he's still relatively whiny, though certainly a bit less so, He's still that same old, wow, such a nice guy, Deku, who's relatively one-dimensional still at the end. He wants to be a hero, and he's a really swell dude. That is Deku from the start to the finish, and it's just not that interesting. He doesn't have that unique motivation, and he starts with a chip on his shoulder, which is quickly removed, when he's given powers by the most popular and renowned superhero in the world. Spoilers, Remington. <laughs> if you've listened this far, you should know there's going to be spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> if this is the first time you're realizing there's spoilers, frankly, that's fine because this is part of what I told you to skip. <laughs> <laughs> so... He loses that chip on his shoulder, and then it becomes, oh, but he can't control his powers. Okay, sure. But then he still gets this really weird Sherlock Holmes moment that I thought was both unnecessary, convoluted, as well as I hate Sherlock Holmes moments. I was about to say, you just hate Sherlock Holmes as a person and as a uh, literary concept. 
That's because Sherlock Holmes is a terrible, ill-founded character, and Sherlock Holmes moments are the worst. And Deku's Sherlock Holmes moment, it's supposed to make sense because he's a fanboy, which, no matter what your foundation is, almost all Sherlock Holmes moments, especially when they pretend to be psychological, are terrible because they're just not how anything works. Especially because it was never brought up again it was just a sort of a filler in the meantime so that he doesn't have to use his powers it was an awkward weird moment that i really didn't like i feel like deku the whole time was generally uninteresting especially for the vast majority where it was either wow everybody hates deku or wow everybody worships deku and those were the only modes that anybody was in. Nobody had a realistic relationship with Deku. It was either, wow, he's so wildly impressive. He is one of the single best people I've ever seen do that. Or, ha he's a quirkless. What an asshat, am I right, guys? He sucks dick. And those were the only two settings for the vast majority of it all, which both are terrible settings. So both as a character as well as in relation to his environment and the characters around him, Deku just was one of the least interesting parts of this whole thing. He wasn't what he wasn't the worst anime protagonist we've seen. We've seen many that are significantly worse, but he was not good. He is struggling to be mediocre and he is not the reason I am interested in the show at all. I feel like you should write an apology letter to Benedict Cumberbatch. Because <laughs> <laughs> people love Sherlock, man. The idea of Sherlock is fine, and I've never seen Benedict's version. Uh, maybe his is better, but if it's too based on the source material, then it is unlikely. But let's move on to an, our next character, Sean. Okay, okay. I still slightly disagree with your views on Deku because I genuinely love the character growth he goes through throughout the whole series. But then again, maybe I have that slight bias of being caught up in the show because I actually genuinely forgot at the very beginning of the show when I started it over again with you. I was like, I forgot how much of a bitch he was. Yeah, and maybe he gets better, but in the first season, it's just too minimal to really matter. And thankfully, it does get better later on. Maybe not better enough for your particular tastes, but good enough for me and most other people. <laughs> but aside from that, let's delve into some of the other characters. We've talked about the first really big one. Let's talk about some uh, more of the minor characters, the ones that we can really justifiably talk about, at least. All right. Most of these characters, I'm going to summarize with only a few sentences, a few of them I'll delve deeper into. All right, let's start with the characters you probably know very little about. Okay, perfect. The, All right, let's get, get them out, out of the way. way. All right, let's start with one of the teachers, Present Mike. He's the dude with the big blonde hair who screams. He fulfills his role decently. He works for what he is. I think that I would give him a thumbs up. He's not super important, but what he does, he does fine. Okay, what about uh, Shota Aizawa? Uh, oh, okay, yeah, that, that was uh, one of the many hot topic characters but this was a hot topic teacher <laughs> and you're not talking hot topic as in oh let's talk about that you're talking <laughs> no. hot topic as in grunge metal uh, gauges and people you should probably never date yeah plenty of lol random as well yeah and so he was dark he was spooky i thought that he was sort of awful he has this shtick 
where he's trying to be rational. It's all about what's most rational, and the ter and you're terrible if you are not rational. The problem is, is it's that standard trope of rationality just being facts, figures, numbers, and nothing else that is just not very interesting, nor nuanced, nor realistic. And so it just doesn't bring anything to the table. He has a pretty neat power, but overall, he is just Stoner Snape. That's it. Stoner Snape? Where do you get the stoner from? I mean, have you seen him, Sean? I feel like that's very prejudiced, Remington. He's, a, he's scruffy. He's just walking around in a general malaise, not really giving a shit. I feel like you're also personally attacking both me and my editor, Dylan. <laughs> I love you, Dylan. <laughs> this episode, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> We're just giving some proper ribbing into you. Seriously. It's fine. All right, next character. Okay, let's talk about... Let's talk about the members of Class A, then, shall we? Sure. Because that's the main class. That's the, uh, the center cast around Deku and All Might that we are primarily focusing on. All right, let's get through them. All right, let's start with the ones you probably don't really remember. Uh, there's Mina Ashido. She's the pink one. Okay, irrelevant. All right. Uh, there's... Uh, well, irrelevant, but decent character design, I guess? Yeah, one thing you could say about this show is the character design is really interesting. Oh, yeah, most of the characters, though not all, are interestingly designed. So she is utterly irrelevant, especially considering how much effort they put into her character design. She does almost literally nothing, but you know, whatever. Next character. She's relevant later on. That's my that's my tangent. Uh, okay. What about uh Rikido Sato? He's the big buff dude with lips. Oh, okay. He does nothing. Okay. Uh, He's what? a luchador wrestler type <laughs> deal. All right, what about Koji Koda? He's the weird-looking golem dude who doesn't say anything the entire first season. Oh, he's the one that, like, has the pointy yeah, head yeah, yeah, going yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, irrelevant. Okay, all right. What about uh, Mezo Shoji? He's the dude with the uh, octopus-like big tentacle arms, the really huge dude. It made me feel generally uncomfortable whenever he was on screen. <laughs> Do you have something you'd like to tell me about your feelings towards tentacles, Remington? Nah. That's fair. Okay, what about uh, Mashirao Ojiro? He's the dude with the big tail. <laughs> Amazingly, one of the more relevant side characters, which makes no sense because he just has very questionable design. He's still irrelevant, but more relevant than I thought he would be. Just try not to imagine his tail as a giant penis. Oof. You'll live your life much better if you never have that mental image uh, in your mind. Thanks for that, John. <laughs> uh, okay, then. What about uh, Toru Hagakure? That was the invisible girl. Oh, okay. Uh, she's just there for jokes about how she's invisible. What if I told you there are a bunch of fan theories on how she's actually an evil person? I'm sure there are plenty of fan theories because it's, it's pretty obvious there's going to be some sort of Traitor. I personally think the traitor is leaning towards more of a teacher or something, but obviously there's going to be, or at very least they want to hint at it. And if there's not, then they're going to find a really convoluted reason why there's not. That's actually a really hot debate in the uh, Hero Academia fan group right now, because as you might imagine, in the second season, they allude to the possibility of a traitor. 
as far as we know, we don't know who it could be right now, but people have theories. Uh, but out of curiosity, if you had to guess one of the students in Class A, who do you think would the traitor be? Uh, all right. Well, it's not going to be Deku because Obvious. they love him. It's not going to be the main asshole Bakugan because that would be too obvious. <laughs> Oof. It shouldn't be any of the ones we talked about already because they're just not interesting. You don't think Invisible Girl could be <laughs> no, an evil no. traitor? If she is, then that's bad choice making. That's bad decision making right there. Uh, I think it's going to be... One of the girls. One of the girls is going to be my guess, though I will not specify further than that because who the hell would it be? Uh, if you wanted a mild twist, then it's going to be the nerdy guy we'll talk about in a moment, but mm -hmm. other, I'd probably go one, one of the girls. Okay. All right. That's interesting. All right. Let's talk about uh, Antacero. He's the tape dude. Oh, yeah. Um, Just generally confusing whenever he was on screen he did not feel as heroic as the others despite being more prominent i mean he has a pretty useful power if you think about it sure i mean it's like spider-man's web shooter but tape i feel like some of these people shouldn't be heroes they should just be really useful in manufacturing <laughs> hilariously enough they actually do talk about that a little later on in the story oh perfect uh okay then let's talk about Kyoka Jiro. She's the one with the uh, with the earlobes, the earphone jack earlobes. Oh, okay. So she was mostly irrelevant, but she got a few good moments in in the final episodes. Still know nothing about her personality at all. Hardly anything was revealed to, besides her sort of being paired up with Lightning Boy. Yeah, she's kind of a punk girl, you know, like punk rock type of thing. Yeah, that is all she's the kind who listens to loud music is what you can deduce and that's about all all right uh so parallel why don't we talk about denki kaminari which by the way that his name is just basically translates to lightning mclightning face oh beautiful fantastic <laughs> uh he is obvious comedy relief he's supposed to be a bit silly he once again isn't shown too much you notice me repeating that a lot which i feel like i shouldn't be repeating that a lot but it's one of the reasons why things really only get interesting in the final episodes you don't see him too much what you see is pretty decent he mostly seems just as a comedy throwaway right now uh what do you think about fumikage tokoyami he's the bird head oh okay bird head I thought he was going to be more prominent than he was. He had very few moments. Also, why is he a bird? He's dark and brooding, and that's it, I guess. It's interesting that you bring that up, because a lot of the times, the character's appearance doesn't always have a direct correlation to their quirks. But he's a bird! No, 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 he just has a bird head. Why? Uh, genetics. That's how that works! <laughs> uh, there have been a couple of people theorizing how it works in, uh... His mom fucked an eagle. <laughs> Spent way too much time in Philadelphia. <laughs> That's a football joke, folks. His mom went in Philadelphia smashed, if you know what I mean. Ooh! Ooh. Am I funny yet? All right, next <laughs> character. Uh, we can talk about the genetic theory some other time, maybe on a return episode. Let's talk about Yuga Aoyama. You're going to have to give me more than that, Sean. Oh, he's the one with the laser beam. 
Oh, here we go. It's the Parisian dick laser. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hon. It clearly says it's from his belly button, and he gets stomach aches when he uses it too much. Uh-huh. Sure. That's what I'd be saying, too, if I was having a Parisian laser out of my dick and felt blue-balled at the end. Oh, it's a tummy ache. Sure it is, bucko. What even makes it Parisian? He's obviously Parisian. The entire first moment you see him, he's doing a bunch of French bullshit. Even though his name is very Japanese? He's doing so much French bullshit, Sean. It's not my fault that either he's born in France or he is just really, really into France. He's a France otaku? Obviously. Uh, or a uh, wee-a-boo? All right, well, now we're canceled. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I can't take credit for that one. Somebody else came up with that one, and I thought it was just fucking hilarious. Oh, my God, I hate it. All right, uh, Parisian dick laser, basically irrelevant as well. I keep saying this, but he has decent character. I'll be honest, I really only give a shit because I... I have the phrase Parisian dick laser in my vocabulary now. <laughs> a phrase you coined yourself, and I'm sure has never been said anywhere else. It's such a good phrase, though. Do not Google Parisian dick laser. <laughs> that is not recommended. <laughs> All right, who's the next one? All right, let's talk about Eijiro Kirishima. He's the, he's the one who gets really hard. Oh, okay. More relevant than most, but also not very relevant. Also, his power was never sh I don't think he does anything. He hasn't shown to do anything. He has a power, obviously, but he has not used that for almost anything at all. He beat up a bunch of the weak villains. Okay, sure. I mean, he turned his hand into, like, a frickin' jackknife rock-hard spear of some kind and just karate chopped a dude in the neck and he passed out. Okay, he did one or two things, but he had more dialogue than most, but still basically irrelevant till the very, very end. And for those of you who are caught up in both the anime and manga, trust me, I love him as much as you do. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, let's talk about someone who I think might be one of your favorite characters. Let's talk about Momo Yayurozu. Is, is that black hair girl? It's the girl who can create stuff uh, from her body, yes. Okay, so... Uh, obvious, she's the existence of fan service in the show, clearly. Uh, which, once again, it's gratuitous, it's unnecessary, blah, blah, blah. You've heard me rant about that. It's not wildly excessive in My Hero Academia, so it's less egregious. This, probably my favorite character, because she's the only one to call people out on the bullshit and make genuinely reasonable talking points that don't feel like they're just plot-centric. Like, she feels as if she makes sense logically within the world and isn't driven by what she has to say. She's actually one of the only four people in the first year that get into the school via recommendations, which is amazing because it means you didn't have to do that big over-the-top uh, advancement course or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Examination. Placement test. Hey, there you go. Yeah, and we haven't really seen why that is the case. She hasn't wildly shown how competent she is other than being very smart. She isn't nearly as fleshed out as I would like her to be, especially after six and a half hours where she was one of the more interesting characters easily. But 
she still holds up as possibly my favorite. And she is quite a crowd favorite as well. One, because she's really intelligent, and two, because her power is actually really freaking amazing. Oh yeah, her power is one of the most interesting. It has potential to be a bit overpowered, while at the same time, it's very tactical, provides a lot of options where so many of the different superpowers tend to just to just be tend to just be I do this. Boom, I did that. Hers is a bit more nuanced and creative. And you know she's a good character because when a character is responsible for all of the fan service and yet they're still my favorite, it's probably a decent character. Good choice. Speaking of fan service, though, let's talk about another character that was slightly abused for fan service. And oh dear God, do not Google image search this character with safe search off. Is it the frog girl? It's the frog girl, Suyu Asui. The moment she came on the screen, there was just something about it. I turned to you and I said, Sean, she has a weird following, doesn't she? She has the weirdest following of any character in the show, and it's terrifying. I don't know why that's the case. She does seem to be a decent character. She seems fine. She's a bit too lol random for my personal liking. That being said... She is probably in the top three of best characters in season one, alongside good old Momo. Next character. Okay, let's talk about everybody's most hated character, uh, Minoru Mineta. He's the grape one. He's so awful and useless, and he's just actively irritating. The show would be objectively better in every single way. If he did not exist, he adds nothing and he takes away a lot. Yeah, or like if he, they just made him have a real personality of a real human being or something remotely heroic about him. Uh, but uh, don't worry, Remington. Everyone unanimously agrees he is the worst of the group and everybody seems to hate him. So much so that the creator of the show has come out and said, yeah, well, I know he's terrible. I just like writing at least one really bad character. And I... I guess I can respect the ballsiness of that, but at the same time, man, I don't want to see him whenever he's on the screen. Yeah, first of all, that feels like an excuse from the creator who recognizes he made a terrible creation and just doesn't want to remove it or can't remove it at this point. Second of all, just acknowledging that you like making bad things doesn't make them good or better Maybe some people will be like, oh, but now I can ironically enjoy it, but I still heavily disagree. You can deliberately make a terrible show if you want to. It's still a terrible show if you succeed. That doesn't make it better. (laughs) I agree. The only solace we get in this show is he gets his ass kicked constantly. But why doesn't he just die? Why couldn't he be disintegrated like a motherfucker? I, I mean, we were this close, Remington. That episode 12 minor climax, we were that close to watching him just go... Before we sort of got Deus Ex Machina, which happened a few times in those final episodes to a certain annoying extent. But it's still three decent episodes, even despite it pushing the limit on that. I feel like it was... uh decently set up to an extent. They had the guy go out to get help, and it's it was just a matter of timing is what it was. And that's really where yeah, the Yeah, but you had a lot of really perfectly timed things where 
You had the super villain who can just disintegrate things super close to people's faces, and every time it would be perfectly timed inches away, and then he just stops instead of being like, all right, real quickly, let's lean forward, finish this, all right, now move on. Because if you disintegrate someone's face, that's going to do them in for a while. <laughs> and if you can do it in seconds, you probably should, but bullshit villain physics. Honestly, though, it did lead to some pretty badass moments, like freaking uh, Aizawa's last moment uh, before he was knocked unconscious and beaten to a bloody pulp was pretty badass, in my opinion. It was, but it shouldn't have existed because they didn't provide enough motivation for it to exist. You can have amazing moments, but all I ask is that you motivate them and you get the amazing moments to exist in amazing ways, rather than just saying, I have a really cool idea. How can I put it in there? Ooh, I'm not sure if it would work. Let's just shove it in there and see. That's not the proper way to do it, and that will ultimately detract from the amazing moments, which I think ultimately it did. Once again, those final episodes, they are the good episodes, but they are still critically flawed in a few crucial ways. Agree to disagree, Remington, but that's besides the point. We still have a couple more to get through. Of course. I've saved some of the more important ones for last, because mm, obviously. Of course. All right, let's talk about uh, the one that we don't really know too much about in the first season. Let's talk about Shoto Todoroki. He's the half-hot, half-cold dude. I really thought he was going to be more relevant because we have no character for this man at all. He is just another Hot Topic character. He's sort of brooding, but he is good with following the rules, and we never see his fire, just his ice, which is fine, I guess. But he has no real character that shines out, which surprised me considering they obviously want him to be wildly important. But in the first season, in six and a half hours, every time he does something, he shows up, freezes, leaves without any type of interesting development. And I will say this right now for all of you fanboys and fangirls at home who are currently raging in their seats. His development doesn't start till the second season. His criticisms are fair. But I will point out, Remington, in the second season, he quickly jumps up to being one of people's favorite characters. Which is fine, but it's been six and a half hours. I feel like my opinions are pretty damn valid by this point. <laughs> yeah, and there is a reason why he hasn't shown us any fire. It would be nice if that was at all foreshadowed in the six and a half hours that I've seen. It was, actually. When? Uh, when they did the mock villain trial. They said, why didn't he use his fire? Why has he only used his ice? They've said it a couple times throughout the show. Oh, I, I guess they briefly brought it up then, but... <sighs> you just weren't paying close enough attention, my dude. Aren't you supposed to be taking this seriously? When I'm busy taking notes and they're speaking Japanese, I'm going to miss some goddamn details. Nandeska. The fuck are you saying now? Speak American, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, let's talk about uh, Tenya Ida. He's the really fast uh, stick-up-his-butt guy. He was one of the more important characters possibly one of the main five important characters of the entire show. And it follows with a theme. I don't think he was that well developed. He is quite one dimensional. He is pretty tropey. He is your standard bit nerdy, bit leadery 
type character. He becomes the class representative, and that is the embodiment of who he is. He has some really good moments, but he doesn't have too many really interesting moments. Again, everything after the first season really develops the side characters a lot better. You can trust me on that. And we'll probably come back to this show, because how can we not? It's such a hot topic, and plus... It rakes in those views, if you know what I'm saying. Cha-ching, cha-ching. We don't make money off this podcast. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Ida is is a fun enough character. He's your typical class representative type. And yeah, pretty straightforward in the beginning. His character development starts about halfway through the second season, and people still like him a bit more after that. That's the kind of the common trope for a lot of the side characters. But enough about him. Let's talk about... Well, fuck it. Let's just jump into it. Let's talk about Bakugo. Oh, yes, Bakugan. Okay. <laughs> you can't just forget and then recall him Bakugan. <laughs> That's how I remember him now. He was a one-dimensional asshole. He is hyper-vindictive. He is super hateful. He is super angry to just excessive degrees, and he lacks proper nuance. They sort of try to justify and motivate his negative feelings, and his anger, but I don't think they do so really adequately. I think it feels pretty ham-fisted. I feel ultimately his character is a disappointment, and it's shown that he's not one-dimensional towards the very end, but it never even gives him motivation to go beyond his one-dimensionality. He has no reason, or at least very little reason, to do anything that he has so far besides reasons that we are told rather than ever shown. That is a fair assessment, and I will say that as the show... God, this is going to sound fucking repetitive, but as the show progresses, his uh, character does get developed more, and he you're not going to believe this, but he's actually in the top three most liked characters currently. That's insane to me because he seems real inadequate after six and a half hours where he was the second most important character of the show. You know what's an interesting thing to think about, though, Remington? In a different show, a worse show probably, he's probably the main character. Yeah, probably. I can definitely see that quite easily. So now we're left with two main characters to talk about? Uh, basically, basically, there's one really, really big one, and then one more in the classroom. And that uh, one in the classroom is usually people's best girl, unless you're the frog type or the Yayuirozo type. That would be Ochako Uraraka. I was disappointed by her because she is cute girl. That is her character. She stands to be sweet and cute, and that is about it. Once again, she's been very prominent. She hasn't had any character development moments besides she's cute and she's sweet and that's it. And so she's nice to have on the screen. She's better than some, but she doesn't add a whole lot beyond that single dimension that she currently has. The more we talk about this, the sooner I think we need to put out a part two to this episode. I don't know about that. I need I need myself a break. I can respect that. But the hilarious thing is, I'm going to tell you this right now. You know how uh, season two starts? With a tournament arc. I love me a tournament arc, but good God, I've had six and a half hours of My Hero Academia. A homie needs some rest. And you will get that rest, but I'm just saying, it might be sooner rather than later when we come back to it. Because a lot of people love Uraraka, and her motivation for being a hero is 
simple but relatable, which I enjoy. Uh, and she's best girl. That's she's best girl in a lot of ways. Disagree with that? I think that she is third place tied. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's going to cause some controversy. Welcome to the Waifu Wars. Get your Dakimakuras at the corner. <laughs> but, yeah, no, she's very popular. And her power is really cool, in my opinion. It's neat and interesting. I don't think it's been used in that interesting of ways, but I think it has potential. All right. Now let's talk about everybody's favorite main character. I say main character. He's not really a main character. He's the mentor character. He's the big character. He's the character that all the other characters aspire to be. Let's talk about All Might. So All Might, I briefly alluded that he's basically just shown in the superpower. I think that he has a decent amount of personality out of all of the giant muscular guys that we have seen. He has some of the most personality out of any of them who are supposed to be at the forefront, which is pretty decent to see. One of the better fleshed out characters, especially because you're able to see how over the top Hiroki is while at the same time exhibiting some decent flaws. And it's not that he's wildly dimensional or deep as a character, but he is deeper than most of the other characters, and he's decently interesting. I think it's very, very nice, a touch that I really enjoyed, is that despite not loving Shonen, especially old-school Shonen, the fact that he had an old-school Shonen art style in comparison to everybody else at all times. Everyone else has a very certain art style, and he just has old-school Shonen instead. Which is amazing. It was a great visual touch, and he has very humorous moments. He has some decent heart-to-heart -heart moments. I think that he's not terribly original, but he does what he does pretty well. And I think that providing especially a level of vulnerability to him is good, even though I think that level of vulnerability is a little bit stretched for convenience of I can just be strong whenever it's convenient that I be strong, and then I can become vulnerable whenever it's convenient for the plot to, for me to become vulnerable. I think they pushed that a bit more than I would like. I'm not quite sure I love how he's been used, but as a character, I think he's pretty solid. Okay. But that last fight scene, though, Remington, how cool was that? One of the lesser interesting fight scenes in that broader battle? Because wow. it just didn't have amazing choreography compared to most of the other battles where you have specific abilities that aren't just punch hard. And so you have different tactics, especially when the combos got involved, which I loved to see because it showed that they can think in different levels of their combat. But All Might, his combat is just punch. I mean, it is just punch. It is just hit things because he's strong. He's swole. He's going to give a city or state name followed by smash and hit you with it. That's the strategy. That's the plan. But the weight behind those punches and the Sakuga animation they use to really land those hits, especially the final hit of that climax, is one of the coolest freaking moments in the first season. It's pretty decent. I just thought there were a lot more. I like variety, and I've seen people give a super-powered punch to another person a billion times in media. It's hard to do that in a way that's captivating. It's well done. I'm just used to it. 
Oof. Oof. I can picture our All Might fans coming to your door saying that they are here and they are here to kick your ass with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, man, oh, man. So, all, all in all, quite a large cast of characters, but at the same time, you're right. We haven't seen too much development from a lot of the side cast characters. Which is one of the reasons I think this would have made a much better movie, because then you could justify how much development all of the characters had. If you gave me two hours with the same amount of development in all the characters, then that would be fine. That would be acceptable. But I think the fact that they had six and a half hours to develop these characters and almost all of the development came in one of those isn't really excusable. I think that my review overall is that episodes 1 to 10 are not good. You should not watch them. Episodes 11 to 13 show a lot of promise. I haven't fallen in love with it, but I did enjoy it. So my overall thoughts are very mixed. I see so much potential, but especially when it comes to the first season, I think that what I mentioned earlier about there being a very strong concept in a very interesting world is the reason that people initially stuck with it. And I would even go so far to say that the investment seems like it would be worth it because it does seem now that is now that it is focused on being an ensemble anime that it is going to be good and interesting but before that happens it is just not worth it oof oof that's gonna cause a lot of hate towards us but that's fine i can handle it i'm 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 a brave boy i'm a tough boy i can get through this <laughs> we'll see Maybe not. Uh, we'll have to find out next time we go to an anime convention, because not only did we get a lot of emails and such for this show, a lot of in-person stuff as well when we went to our local anime convention. It was the most cosplayed anime out there. It was ridiculous how beloved it was, especially Deku and Hot Topic. Mm -hmm. And that's because those two have some of the most impactful character growth in the entire show. But like you said, we haven't really seen any of it for one character and only a little bit for another in the first season. Out of curiosity, Remington, if you if you were forced to cosplay a character from this show, who would you choose? Oh, oh, that's a really tough decision that I don't like having to answer. If I had to choose one, then I think very clearly the answer would be between Frog Girl and Material Girl. <laughs> oh, God. I, I got the hair to pull either of them off <laughs> I cannot wait to see you in that bodysuit that is literally just open from the neck down to the navel <laughs> I mean it would be either one of them or maybe I'd be rocking that Parisian dick laser those are the only options oh my god I, can we get a petition to set this up I would love that and also oh, be terrified god. by that because my god man i can fill it out well i'm a thick boy <laughs> <laughs> and our podcast is now nc17 thank you for that so it's got to be said remington i'm grateful to you i'm grateful that you are willing to sit through this and not just completely turn it into a absolute dumpster fire of an episode where you bashed it and we had to go into witness protection I would say, ultimately, it's similar to JoJo, except 
higher on both counts, its valleys were not as low as the first season of JoJo, in my mind, was. As well as once we started to get to the good stuff, it was better and more promising than what I saw of JoJo. So, in a way, this is just that, but a bit more optimistic. I have higher hopes that this can do well with it. My biggest grievance is that there is no reason there should be 13 episodes to do what could have happened in four really well-done ones. And that's my biggest problem with it, is that it didn't respect my time well. So if by some miracle you have not watched My Hero Academia, maybe pick it up if it seems like something you'd be interested in. But feel free to skip past the beginning parts or watch them at two times speed or whatever you want to do to rush through them because it's going to be okay to mostly skip them. The manga is your probably your best bet. I'm going to be straight up with you. You can get through it in about an hour. Which is much more reasonable. <laughs> and that just saves all the good Sakuga animation for when you get into it because that's where Studio Bones shines and I'm excited to see what they do next especially if you're caught up in the manga. I rarely read ahead in the manga, but with Hiroaka, I could not resist. And oof, the stuff that's coming, guys. I hope you're as excited as I am. All that aside, are there any more points you'd like to make about Hiroaka before we conclude things here? Just some super quick things so that I can say that I had everything I wanted to say out. I thought the end was a bit meh. It had its good moments. But overall, it unfortunately took from the tradition of Marvel endings and thus wasn't one. I thought the villains were not well motivated because they didn't provide any motivation. That being said, they were more interesting. At least the main villains were more interesting. I think there's some decent dialogue with them, some decent character decisions. I disagreed with the cannon fodder of the side villains because whenever you have cannon fodder, you sort of dilute the importance of fighting and battles, and thus you dilute the importance of your heroes and the villains they are facing. But overall, I think that this show was okay. Okay, I can accept that for now. Maybe not later, but for now I can. <laughs> and hopefully everyone else can too. So one last thing, Remington. You want to go watch some more My Hero Academia with me? There's been some ups, there's been some downs. It ended optimistically, but I think I'm going to need a bit of a break, Sean. And a break you shall have. But once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy in-depth discussion on superheroes and why Remington hates Sherlock, you're more than welcome to leave a review on whatever platform you listen on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, or, honestly, if you want to help us grow, Word of mouth is the best way to do it. And your guys' reviews have already been super flattering. Thank you so much. If you would like to contact us directly, whether it is for a comment, question, feedback, or a recommendation, then you can either tweet us at AnimeConPod on Twitter, or you can send an email over on to AnimeOutOfContext at gmail.com. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and don't fuck your sister. So, first of all, Sean. Yes? 
fuck you for insulting Sky High. I have styled my entire aesthetic off of War and Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have, and that's why I targeted you. You're a dick. So this is actually a spinoff of Philip's Pizza. <laughs> Which, which also, is my favorite anime. Which has actually had a spin-off episode with That's So Raven. So technically, this show is a continuation of Cory in the House. Hell yeah! Oh! <laughs> Fuck you. And finally. <laughs> uh, and finally. In 1979, both DC and Marvel filed a joint trademark of the word superhero. So it, they could be called superheroes in Japan. I don't know. But they cannot call them superheroes in America. How just... did that trademark get accepted? It because was... there was a huge legal battle. DC and Marvel actually held a very public poll. And when people voted what they thought of when they thought of superheroes, it was DC characters and Marvel characters, not any of the other small studios, nothing. So it was awarded to them. There is currently a very large legal battle going on over the fact of whether or not that term has been made generic or not. So, it so obviously has. Agreed. At least to us, yes. But to lawyers, maybe not. It's like saying Xerox or Q-tip or any shit like that. They're still trying to defend it. And this has been Legal Clarification with our lovely editor, Dylan. Thank you, sir. Suck a dick, Sean. Nope, Rem, sit the fuck oh, down. Oh, yeah. I am afeard. So, Remington, right in front of me, I have a piece of fan art that was given to us by <laughs> a very evil woman by the name of Meriden, who proceeded to, immediately after she handed it to me, beat the ever-loving shit out of me. She's quite the tsundere. Oh, God. And I want you to take a look at it, and then I'm going to describe it. Here you go. Oh, Jesus! Fuck! <laughs> no! Why am I naked? <laughs> so, <laughs> ooh. Oh, <laughs> what I have in front of me is a piece of fan art of my dear friend Remington wrapped up in a bunch of very slimy tentacles. He is, of course, quite shirtless, and his body hair is very exposed. Oh, On his face God. is nearly an ahigao look, and he is saying, Oh, oh, anime-san. I take back all the mean things I said about you. No! <laughs> oh, why do I do this podcast? <laughs> For the enjoyment of others and self-fulfillment, Remington. Oh, frankly, I'm surprised that this is our first sexual fan art, I'll be honest. Hopefully it's our last. Honestly, though, it's so well done, I want to have it colored in and it's... made into a poster. Oh, no! <laughs> This could be the new line of Remington Dockies. I disapprove. There should not be a Remington Dockimakura. Oh, 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 between a Remington Dockimakura and a Remington is waifu t-shirts, we are sending quite a message with our future merchandise line. You're our fan service whore, Remington. I don't want to be the fan service. Oh, God, that makes me even more the fan service. <laughs> Remington, stop being so soon, Duran. Just accept your best girl. Remington is best girl. That's going on a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. You all can fuck off. <laughs> okay. I'm going to keep take the picture with me, though. 